I'm Derek Weekly and welcome to episode 70 of the Weekly Weekly Podcast. I want to thank Nicola for coming on last week. It was an extremely interesting conversation and um, had good feedback about it. CBT is something that was very, very important to me while I was going through the very difficult times and it helped me out a lot and I still use the techniques to this day so if you haven't listened to it go back and listen to it she she explains it really really well and uh, it's um, it's definitely worth to listen subscribe to our YouTube channel if you have not already it's very helpful for us um, I forgot to thank John last week which is a, a criminal offence at this stage I don't know why I just was flying through the end of it and I forgot to thank him for all his hard work well he knows anyway um, what the story is but I, I think that's it for for the for the opening we'll we'll get into it I'd like to introduce my guest this week who is a photographer and his name is Stuart Hayes how are you Stuart? I'm good Derek how are you? I'm very well um, I want to lead are you a man of the sun? I am to a certain point like uh, a <laughs> grand 18 degrees I do me <laughs> Uh, do you know what like I, I say that a lot like around 16 17 I always say that kind of temperature and I kind of feel like people will give out a bit to me like if I'm having a go if it's too warm or whatever but the thing is for me I, I think I I remember when I was maybe 14 or 15 I was in New Jersey I got really bad uh, sunstroke and I think since then I think uh, understandably so I have a little bit of a problem with the sun and I'm a little bit worried if I'm out there for over 20 minutes that bad things are going to happen you know um, I was out there early this morning and it was lovely. It was about 10 degrees at this point, like, and went out really like it. When it gets to this point, when I get to this stage in the day now, it's probably a bit much for me, you know? Yeah. I'd be the same. Like, I, 18 degrees and like, like a bit of cool breeze and that, you can't beat that. Like, that's, that's Irish summer, you know? That's, yeah, <laughs> that's what we're used to. <laughs> yeah, I can't stand like dry heat. It's like I won't be one to seek out those kind of holidays or anything like that. Yeah, they're a bit they're a bit extreme for me. People sitting by the pool all day. It's a little bit well, it's a bit boring as well, but it's a bit too much uh, sun. But I'm literally I would hear back after this conversation of people give saying that I was giving out about the sun. Look, it's great for people who love it to be out there enjoying it, but you know, um you know, each their own. <laughs> yeah, it's each their own is exactly it. We'll get into it short. Um, could you give us a short history of your upbringing, please? Yeah, well, uh, I was pretty much born and raised in Rochester Bridge. The family moved around a small bit from when I was younger, uh, between like Kinnegad, Milton Pass, all the local kind of villages. But been here since I was about three. So born and raised here, went to school here, went to college in Athlone. So I've known a few of the guests down there and a couple of characters that's been on. Uh, yeah, and then since then, I've just been working for uh, a supermarket. I, I'll just leave the name out just in case I say anything. <laughs> Get myself in trouble. But, uh, and then, yeah, I've been working there for the last 10 years or so. And between that, doing bits on the side to kind of keep myself interested in stuff. So I've done a course in fitness instructor, personal training. I've done a bit with music as well because I studied uh, business and music technology in Athlone for two years so you know that's where most of my interest has laid for most of is uh so yeah and like we'll, we'll obviously cover a bit of that later on as well like and i love having guests on who are into a few different um kind of artistic uh you know pursuits because then you know you get to ask a bit what kind of pushes on another you know and what influences yeah. another and i find that kind of fascinating anyway um could you tell us when you first became aware of mental health yeah, it's like because I know this is the question that comes up, so I was thinking about it. 
decent bit over the last week. And I'm pretty sure like, the first time it became clear, uh, I did transition year in school and we had our teacher in there and he was substituting for our, I think it was a religion or an English class or something. So he decided it was just a topic that he wanted to bring up and he kind of discussed his history with depression and stuff like that. Oh. And it was just like the way he explained depression, he said, you could be just sitting in your room like, or laying on your bed in your room. The window's open. You're cold. You want that window closed, but you just, there's something in you that doesn't, there's no drive to get up and close that window. He said, it can be as simple as that. It's not, you know, oh, I want to kill myself or, you know, the extremes. He's like, it can come in all sorts of aspects. And when he said that, it kind of clicked in my head. It's like, I've definitely felt that way, mm-hmm. you know? So I kind of made it more, I wouldn't say um, real, because it was always real, but like it brought it home a bit, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, it's That's kind of a, a kind of a pioneer in a way, the teacher, because I'd say myself and yourself are on the same age, George. So you're, you're talking about 25 years ago or so. Um, um, I'm just uh, 31 now. So I oh, my God. I'm yeah. sorry. I look a lot older now. <laughs> I, no, that, that's my bad. Do you know why I did that? I am. I, I, um, I won't mind saying that uh, uh, Stuart knows a couple of lads, like he said, a couple of lads came on yeah. and Sean being one. And I just thought, oh, you're on the same age as me and Sean, but you're, you're a bit younger then. So, so yeah. even, even 15, 16 years ago, a teacher coming out and deciding kind of off his own back, I suppose, to kind of talk about that. It's a pretty, it's a pretty amazing thing for, for a teacher to do. Yeah. I'd have to say like, it was like, I'm not, I don't know from anyone else's perspective, but, I felt lucky that there was someone in the, that time that would come out and say that. Cause like, I think that's the age where you really want to be bringing that to them topic up. So yeah. it was, yeah, it was fantastic to have that happened, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, and to be like, um, validated for you, like some, a, a teacher, you know, if, uh, an authority figure kind of talking about okay. it as openly as that is, is great. Um, yeah. and hopefully there's more and more out there. Um, you know, now, uh, so, well, obviously, we're not going to. We have you on more to talk photography rather than your your uh, supermarket yeah. uh, life. <laughs> if that's all right yeah. with you, we could oh, we yeah. could, <laughs> could do it. But uh, so, what was it? What was the initial interest in photography for you? Um, I wouldn't been like this typical person, like photographer. That I was like, you know, oh, I had a camera in my hands since it's two or three or whatever, Um I was just, it's mostly my kind of history of photography is like when I really focused on it was through music because I grew up loving music. So I'd have posters on my wall and stuff like that. So like just that aspect of it and film posters and stuff like that, like where it's just, it's something to admire in that way. I'd never actively was taken photos that much when I was younger. Like you'd have the odd disposable on holiday and stuff like that. But yeah, it was true. Just basically music and I suppose that's why I graduated away I went to music photography first because that's kind of what I knew and had an eye for and what I like to look at yeah like I'd be the same as you'd be like grew up with music and um album covers in particular have always mm-hmm. been you know standard. now some of the album covers are would be more swaying towards I guess um painting and stuff because you'll you know like say the stone yeah. roses first album that kind of stuff but 
something like Sergeant Peppers, which people see it as this kaleidoscopic, you know, front cover, but it's a photograph and it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's uh, such a well put together. I'm just looking at it right there next to me in the wall, but it's such a well put together one. But then you have something like, because I know, uh, Stuart, I've, I've seen your work and I, uh, the, the portrait stuff, hmm. something like when you talk about stage, if you're, if you're going to phot- uh, photograph people on stage, something like the clashes London calling would be the kind of one that popped into my head. If yeah, people don't know what that is, it's have a look. It's an epic one. Is it is it Strummer smashing the guitar? It is, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of, I suppose, as a live shot goes, that's one of the, the famous, the famous ones. And um, what was it for you like? How did when you were taking these photos? When you're taking photos of people on stage, for example, or action shots, maybe you call them. Um, what are the elements that make a good photo in your eyes? Um, I think it's capturing enough action. It doesn't have to be like over the top. Like everyone loves to get the jump shot, the big kind of shot. But I like the kind of the moments in between those big moments where it's maybe, you know, the guitarist and the bass player are interacting with each other Mm. or someone's like messed up in the band and the rest of them know it, you know, catching those moments. Like, and then obviously, if you have like a like a very charismatic frontman, like I've been lucky enough to shoot with you, they they make it easy work. Like you know, especially like when you only have like three songs in the pit or something like that, like, they'd be the focus. You get you mostly are good shots from them. There's a there's a brilliant photo that you took of I think she's the bassist in um, the Blizzards. Is that right? Or Brezzy's band? Yeah. There's a photo you have up on. Yeah, there's a photo on your page on Instagram. Uh, people should follow uh, Stuart, actually, just in case I forget that later on. It's Stuart Hayes <laughs> Photography, isn't it, on Instagram? Yeah. People should go over there and look at his stuff because it's, it's really good. But that particular one is, uh, there's something very, um, because it's not, like you say, it's not, she's not jumping up in the air. She's not like, you know, her hair flying all over the place. It's nothing yeah. to do with that. But it's, I don't know what it is about that photo because there's some photos you took during that as well of the full band and, and things like that. Mm. That photo in particular stood out for me and I'm not really, because I don't have the eye. I don't know what it is about it. Could you? Is it the, the black and white one, is it? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's really, I love that photo. Just purely, that was just during um, Soundcheck before their Tully and Ali gig. And yeah, it's just like, Tipping around, getting a few photos. I didn't expect to get money keepers from Soundcheck. You don't usually don't. It's just more about kind of figuring out what's going to happen during the live show. But she's just, yeah, I think she's tuning her bass and then playing a few riffs. But it was just like the way the wind was blowing and stuff like that, and like the light landed. It was just, it was an attitude to mm. and a mood in that. That was just like, yeah, that's just, it's just seen it. I took it and I think. Like, that's probably going to be my favourite shot of the day. <laughs> uh, do you know what's the thing about photography for me? When people are creating art and all the different art forms, um, usually there's nobody else there. You know, you're writing a song or you're or you're doing a, a painting or whatever it might be. But when you're a photographer, you're actually, if it's a portrait photographer, obviously, you are relying on the other person to kind of almost ignore a camera, which is one of the hardest things to do as a human being because... It's if someone, you know, I'm sure you know it as well, Stuart. If, if, if you're in a group of people or someone takes out a camera like everybody has them now and wants you to get in a shot, you feel self-conscious immediately. Well, I do. I, I couldn't talk yeah. for everyone. But when the art form is photography, you are uh, kind of an intruder 
within a group. Like if if a band is doing a sound check, you're kind of the intruder. How are you when it comes to um, just in general, when it comes to that kind of uh, interaction with people? Are you naturally? Is that an easy thing for you? Yeah, I'd be, I'd be naturally the fly in the wall type anyway. Yeah. I've never been the person who seeks out to be the center of attention or like, you know, if I, any group, friend groups I'm in, I'm there, but I'm not there at the same time. Mm. I can jump in and out of conversation up if I want to just be there and be invisible, I can do that. Mm. So I'm good at adapting to that kind of like, it does take practice with when you're working with people, you have to work with a lot. Mm to get the right balance but yeah i've just naturally been able to just you know just have a quick chat at the band and just go look i'm just going to be here buzzing about let me do my thing you do your thing i'm not going to take a bad shot of you so, <laughs> yeah you know, like that's the best way to get them to relax and it's trust the photographer as well because you're going to take as you know as many shots as you need to, to get it and some of them are going to be bad they are not going to be the ones that you're going to post up on, on websites no. <laughs> it's, 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 so it's a bit of trust uh, in both ways um so who inspired you or inspires you as a photographer um well like i said before i was never into photography that much like so even growing up like i just knew the great shots of light like you'd have like I have posters on the wall of the likes of Slash and uh, Richie Sambora and stuff, people like that. But, um, when I started to really look into it, then I'd gravitate towards Danny Clinch would be the main one. Right. He's done a lot of work with like, artists like Tom Petty, Springsteen. He's worked with nearly everyone, but he's worked closely with Springsteen and even Eddie Vedder and people like that. And that's purely just because when I got into more Later into the main music day journey, it was focused on singer songwriters mm. and the storytelling aspect. So when you've got good photography that goes with that, it kind of it makes it like it just it just works better for me. Like to understand, yeah. oh, that's why that photo works because you know he's nearly captured that character in that song or something like that. You know, um, one of the running themes with this podcast has been um, well since we went video has been lighting right and uh, it was wrecking my head i'll be honest right because i had like a lamp over here a lamp behind me you know i had all these lamps everywhere and it still wasn't good enough now i got a ring light it's okay now and i'm very pleased with it but i was watching i was like this might be something that that you uh, would be interested in i was um on friday i was downstairs and the news is over and it ran into nationwide there's this lady down in Dungarvan down Waterford who's has this uh, kind of exhibition that she's doing and she's putting the, the photos up in closed shops around Dungarvan to kind of light things up. Yeah. What I found fascinating about it was she took old um, shots of stills from uh, Vertigo, the film, the Alfred Hitchcock film, right? She took the stills and then she processed them in her dark room. Um, she, she ran through it all, you know, doing the dye and the swishing and all that kind of uh, uh, the technical stuff that I know nothing about. And she enhanced some of the coloring and some of the lighting. So it brought out a lot of what Hitchcock was doing with, with reds and greens and different things like that. And it was just an incredible, I, to me, it seemed like such an incredible idea to, you know, one thing doing that, taking that kind of project on, but another side of it, Dungarvan side and like, we'll do something to brighten up the town and make something interesting, like have Jimmy Stewart in this window and Kim Novak in this film or this window, things like that. And I think that's what, when you talk about the music side of things 
and how how th- those kind of inspired you to want to take photos and i i can understand it 100 percent. and it wasn't uh, until i really started to understand film and how things were shot and how cinematography uh, you know was how they went about it that i could start to understand what photography was you know and mm. we talk about the eye you know the photographer's eye and uh i don't have it i try i did have an slr camera i think that's what they're called aren't they slr is that right yeah dslr slr yeah one, one of them might have been the DSLR, but um i had one of those and i just didn't i should have followed you know followed up on or, or whatnot but i just i'm fascinated by the idea that we all like photography in a way we've all got phones in our pockets you know but yeah are we confident enough to go out and start taking photos and thinking, right, I'll post this up on my um, Instagram page or my Facebook page. And for you with photography after your name, then it becomes a bigger thing because then people are expecting the, the, the quality and stuff like that. Like, thankfully they, they got it. At what point did you start to, that was a long way around to get to this question, but uh, I'm known for that. But <laughs> when, uh, when did, uh, did it become like, the kind of uh, uh, something that you really, really wanted to do and you started to kind of call yourself a photographer? Um, well, I still struggle with that, calling myself <laughs> a photographer. And I think most photographers do. They're, like, okay. they're the way to get to, to get to this technical proficiency to say, oh, I'm a photographer now. But um, I think for me, it was when I started, when I shot my first couple of gigs and because before that, I was like, did you usually just landscape, you know, walk around, taking a few snapshots. But, when I shot the first couple of gigs, I just realized how much I enjoyed it. And I was like, I'm going to do this a lot more. I, like, I might just, you know, I have to, like, even to get myself to mentally take myself seriously in it and mm. put everything into it, I think like, I'll just change it to a photography page, strictly photography. That way it should push me to like, uh, achieve better images every time that I'm out shooting. So, yeah, it's just, Basically, threw myself in the deep end. Where... <laughs> hey, look, I did it with this podcast, so it's 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 the same thing. Like you know, you kind of just go, "All right, we'll just do it." Um, listen, I just read out an ad real quick, short, and we will get back into it. Yeah. Okay. Fusion Training Center, Monksland Athlone, a place to train in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, kickboxing, martial arts, and CrossFit. A great atmosphere with experienced coaches and a real sense of community. If you want to join the team, find us on Facebook at Fusion Training Center or drop in for a chat. Fusion Training Center. Train like a warrior. Fusion is uh, obviously it's back open. Um, next week is the last week of the outdoor CrossFit CrossFit classes, which I've really liked actually. Um, they've been really enjoyable. I've been lucky to get away with the weather that a lot of people got drowned. But um, yeah, we'll be going back inside after that. So the, there's a lot of buzz, and it's great to see uh, the people coming back in and new people signing up for for Martin, obviously, and for just for the general buzz of the place. Um, so um. The setup then, um, short for for things like because we obviously we touched a bit on the blizzards there, but d- did you know Danny Nealon before you approached her about the photography? Um, I you were in passing. I've met her a couple of times. I used to I used to train jiu jitsu. Oh, I often trained about two years from repetitive back injuries and stuff like that. But I used to train with um, was SPG Monegars now Lakeland Jiu Jitsu. And Alan, Danny's fiance, mm. kind of had his Mai Tai in with the gym, with the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as well. So I've met them through that way. And 
I just reached out then when there was no gigs happening. I was like, what else do I have an interest in, like a sport? So I was like, I'll try shooting some of that. And then it's like, obviously there wasn't many sports still going on. So I reached out to Danny and she's like, yeah, I'd be interested in letting you come in and see how it works. And I wanted to just try it more for practicing my documentary style mm. photography. Cause like the live gigs, like you can't really practice that unless it's a live gig. <laughs> but I want to get more into studio work as well with, um, ours, like when they're in recording and stuff like that, that intimate set, uh, setting. So I thought, cause I knew she was had a fight coming up on a training camp. So I knew it would be similar kind of intensity and just a roller coaster of emotions for a person like going through those weeks and weeks of preparation. It'd be similar to like a band putting down an album, like they're mm-hmm. going to be mentally in that, putting everything into it, like, and just uh, if we could capture anything from that to give to them to remember their journey for that six weeks or eight weeks or whatever it is, that just was really appealing to me. So I reached out to her and yeah, we've been working together for a good bit since. Yeah. What I love about those photos are like, um, particular for Danny herself. I, sorry, people will know if they've listened to podcasts for a while. Danny uh, Neelan was on. She's a Bellator fighter. But those photos are, you know, stick them up a wall photos for Danny, you know, proper, um, uh, you know, keepers for her. And I think that's great. But the intensity shows in 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 the uh, in the photographs. And again, go to Stuart's page to have a look at them because they really are excellent. Are they something... Um, is that something you'd like to go down as well, though? Is Would you go towards sport um, side of things? Or are you more kind of orientated towards music? Yeah, like um, like you said, we, we discussed them before we started recording. Like, um, I, you like photography with people involved. Like, mm-hmm. I'd be the same. I just think it's more interesting because I approach it from a storytelling side. So I like to see a subject. Mm-hmm. So... I'd, I'd photograph anything that can really get that kind of feeling from and be able to like capture a journey. So like whether it's, like I said before, bands in studios on tour, uh, fighter getting ready for a fight or even like a football team, like behind the scenes, day to day training and stuff like that. Yeah. So I definitely, I'd nearly shoot anything at this stage that gives me the opportunity to kind of follow a journey and just document that and put like a nice little project together rather than just, you know, a separate night each night of a gig, you know, different bands and stuff like that, which you can get like a nice stack of work for yourself, but it doesn't feel like it's like one singular story. That's why I want to lean towards a bit more. Yeah. I like the idea that actually like all those kind of different things, because you said, the way you drew the comparisons between um, Danny and, and say a band in the studio and the intensity within that. Um, mm. I think that sounds like a great idea to kind of put a project together like that. And even some jujitsu photos would be interesting because most of the time people who don't do jujitsu don't know what's going on or they, they can't quite figure yeah. out what it is, but you all would obviously have an eye for knowing certain positions and certain moves and, you know, I think that would be a, an interesting project for you to. I'm not look. I'm not trying to push any work on Stuart here. I'm just, <laughs> I just float these ideas out here. But well, I, 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 I think, I'm, I'm all for some ideas. <laughs> yeah, no, but it, it, it would for me. It'd be kind of an interesting thing because I, 
I don't uh, watch a lot of jiu-jitsu. Obviously, I do it, but I'm not really... Um, I don't find it to be a spectator sport for me. I don't, like, sit down and enjoy it. When I'm in there doing it, I love it. But I like the idea of some stills where you're kind of going, oh, yeah, he's got this foot here and this. For me, that would be really kind of epic, you know, but like you say, it's, it's up to Stuart. I'm just saying. Um, well, it's definitely something I thought about more on the, the kind of before and after I thought of doing, like, is going into a gym, getting a quick portrait of everyone before and then everyone after. Just to see, like, like, and I've thought about doing this for gigs as well, for crowds going into gigs, because it's just like the mental switch, like, mm. you know, of being at this thing where everyone's kind of on the same buzz and in the same mindset. So I think it'd be really interesting to, like, just quick portraits before rolling two-hour hard <laughs> session after. That would be class, actually, because I've, myself included i've seen some absolute wrecks after like you know an hour and a half or whatever of rolling but uh and we just we talked a bit about this before we started recording actually the 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 kind of black and white to color thing and uh first of all actually what do i suppose what would you prefer and what do you think is the is have you heard back from people um is it is it black and white or color that kind of comes out on top for you uh black and white for me will always be my choice um i just find color it's just too busy for me like just my mind i i, I nearly overanalyze every color the tone of it the luminosity of it you know the dead and inside of things it becomes more of a scientific thing than just an artistic or a feeling mm. of the of the fall so with black and white you're basically the only thing you have is light. That's the only thing you're really working with. So you're working with tones rather than colors. And I just think it it brings it because like that we see in color, so it's it's very normal for us. Mm. Black and white image for me stands out for that because of that. It's different, and I just find it a lot easier to like compose, not thinking about colors, like because I don't really think too much when I'm shooting. But the other time I will go, oh, there's a lot of different colors there. It's going to look too busy. Mm. Whereas if I just know it's in black and white, I'm thinking more about the framing and just what the subject is doing. So it's it's easier for me to slow down and think through the shots rather than oh, what I'm going to have to edit later. Yeah, I, I've never actually heard it kind of described as that as if you know it's going to be in black and white, you don't have to worry about what you're with the, the the busyness of the colors around it and i've never kind of thought of it that way i i love uh black and white photography um i, I i'm slightly colorblind maybe <laughs> maybe that's why i love it so much but i do uh, there's there's some uh shots on your page again and it's um the black i wrote them down just in case i forgot them it's black valley and healy pass down in Kerry. Mm-hmm. um and obviously as i was scrolling through your work and a lot of portrait stuff and of people that you like to do um they they they're incredible shots like so what was that um was that a, an outing to take some photos or did you just have the camera with you and you thought oh, that looks pretty cool um yeah it was originally uh it was i think it was last year the brief time we had that we were allowed to travel around the country <laughs> myself and the fiance went down uh to the Bera peninsula initially to for like the dark sky sanctuary hopefully mm-hmm. we get some kind of astrophotography in or just even to see the stars and like Irish weather, it did not hold up first and it was miserable. We had one sunny day out, I think the four days were down there camping. 
So we did two days camping in Cork and around the Bear Peninsula. So then we decided to go over to um, Killarney. <clears throat> so driving through Healy Pass, the Black Valley, Healy Pass, it was just like a very misty morning. So I kind of knew, I didn't expect to take that many photos because I'm not a landscape photographer, but I'm just, I'd be drawn to that kind of moody, dark landscapes. So just driving along and I just spotted a couple bits that we pulled in and snapped off a few shots. <clears throat> Didn't think too much of them, but um, yeah, I was happy with a lot of them I got. And then going into the Black Valley, I knew that'd be more photogenic place. The sun did sh- uh, start to open up. So I got a nice few compositions of the one I think I posted was um, I was looking for this cottage that every photographer nearly on Instagram was shot. I didn't find it, but uh, I did find this nice spot where I got that for just I seen the light break and coming down through the mountains. And like that, I was just like, I uh, just look uh, for a black and white shot. I thought it looked pretty good to my eye, so I just took it. But yeah, it's like I didn't intentionally go for too many photos. It was more for the experience of uh, the camping and just the wildlife down there and the nature and everything it was like beautiful. <laughs> so what's like camping? Is that something that you've done a lot of, or is it was it just a, on a whim kind of? Uh, I haven't done a lot of it, but I've just always in, enjoyed it a bit more than being up in a nice cozy hotel like yeah, see that's where we differ that's where we differ Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> but like it, i don't i don't know i was there i think i was in camping maybe once or twice but just now i just probably moany a bit i am a bit moany when it comes to a lot of things and people yeah. will kind of be nodding their heads listen to this but i do like the comforts um I mean, I don't need to be pampered or anything like that, but I do like a bit of comfort. But um, I can see the, um, I can still, at the, saying that, I can still see the appeal of it and why people would like to do it. But uh, maybe in Ireland, it's just like, I don't know, it's just risky with the with the weather that we get. Uh, well, if you plan for rain all the time, <laughs> you're okay. <laughs> that is actually <laughs> a very fair point. But it, those, those photos are, are stunning. And is it, Will you pursue any of that kind of work, or is that just more of a you know, if it's there, I'll take a shot of it? Yeah, I think it's more if it's there, I'll take a shot of it. Mm. You're already down to, like I said, the weather, it's you have to plan a lot. Like, there is some great Irish landscape photographers out there. Um, I'll try to name drop Sean O'Reardon's probably one of the better ones out there, and Mark O'Brien, who's also um, a great jiu jitsu player as well. Oh, um. Yeah, they, they, you follow their stories on Instagram and, that, and it, it just shows you the planning that has to go into it. Yeah. Them boys are planning like, like a couple of weeks in advance like, of, like where they're going and whether it might dictate then what kind of shot you're going to get or what you're going to like, uh, graduate towards. So it is something that you really have to dedicate your time to. Yeah. Like, whereas I don't have the passion for it that much to dedicate it mm. that much time. But like... If it's there, I'll, I'll take a shot. <laughs> I think that, they, yeah, I, I suppose if it was me, the good side of of landscape would be the fact that I don't have to, and this is just me now with anxiety and issues and things, it would be I don't have to involve other people, that I can just go and do it. And I suppose that that would be um, that would be the, the first thing that would pop into my head. But like I said to you before, like I do much prefer photographs of people, you know? Um, so mm-hmm. that is the kind of stuff I much, uh, I enjoy a lot more. Um, so talk, 
so take out like you know all the kind of obstacles in, in general who would be your dream person to 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 work with to photograph uh that'd be a tough one um <laughs> it's a tough I, mean, I just i'd have to just graduate towards my favorite band even they're not a band anymore the ghastly anthem oh yeah well brian brian fallon as a solo artist i'd love to they do something like that where you know behind the scenes and like a small tour with him or something would be amazing um yeah he'd probably be top of the list music wise and then outside of music um i don't know i just i'd love to explore the martial arts a bit more yeah. mma and you're, a, fa- you're a fan of mma aren't you yeah yeah I, it's probably the only sport i really watch anymore i was yeah. i'm a uh, disheartened Man United fan <laughs> but it's, it's not down to them losing a lot uh, like lately it's just down to VAR and like, just ruining the game for me so, uh, like, yeah. I say that I'm an Arsenal fan and I say no it is down to them losing a lot lately that I don't see yeah. <laughs> but that's just that's just me but so was MMA like one thing that was that something that uh, that you've been following a good way now yeah I think I started watching it like everyone else downloading U-Torrent or Pirate Day or so, I was about seventeen or yeah, about seventeen, eighteen, just finishing school, like, and I've tried to, yeah, I've kept up with it mostly since then. Yeah, it's it's you a know. funny sport. It's uh, I do love chatting about it. I've only really been into it maybe it would be about five years now, or roughly about five years, because I'm doing jujitsu about three and a half years. So I was watching a bit before that, and um, uh. I when you talk to people about it, because obviously it's very nature mixed martial arts. People will be into boxing, or they will be into kickboxing, and they be into the stand up, they be into the going to ground. I've always been interested in the more going to ground because I know how to do a little bit of jujitsu. I don't know how to do any striking at all, and so there's always a little, like a little bit of a push and pull of the fans, like what they like, uh, what they prefer, and who their favorite fighter is and stuff. Uh, I, I find it a fascinating thing. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed I didn't really get into it earlier than I than I did, but I'm glad that I'm into it now. You know, yeah, it's good. It's 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 very very interesting. And I'm not a. Uh, I think people dismiss it uh, of the older generation dismiss it because they think it's very violent and stuff like that. But you know, boxing is violent. It's a it's a they're they're combat sports. It's, yeah, it's, well, that's it. Like it's it's it can appear violent, but at the same time, it's. Probably one of the more safer, like, combat sports because, like, that there's no 10 count if you get knocked down. If you get knocked down, like, a lot of people will go, Jesus, they're hitting them on the ground. Like, but, like, if you finish that with two more strikes on the ground, it's better than getting up and taking 20 more to the head before you're down again. It's, it's true. And, and, you know, the, the refs have the job to get in there as quickly as they can. I know it's a tough job as well to be ref because they've been given out to for jumping in too early and too late and yeah. there's all that. <laughs> But it is a sport. It's such a technical, um, you know, sport in general because it's not just stand up. It's not just uh, on the ground. It's a mixture of everything in between, and it's just yeah. such a spectacularly tough sport. And you just mentioned about Danny going through something like a, like an eight week training camp, uh, weight cuts, um, all of those kind of things. Worries about injuries because obviously, if you're if you're hitting someone hard, you're going to get knocked. You know, bumps, bruises. Like it's just in, so intense. Um, uh, and it's, you know, I, I, I do think it's brilliant. And I do, I do think that it helps people. Uh, I can speak more for jujitsu than anything else, but um, it helps people's mental health. It helps people to be positive and feel confident about themselves. Um, 
I started when I was what, 35, I think. And it's, it's helped my confidence an awful lot. You know, um, I don't know about you actually, when you started jujitsu, was it, was it similar experience for you? Yeah. Like, like that. I, I just got into it because it's been watching UFC for years. And I was like, I didn't, wasn't a fan. I could at all going into work with black eyes and stuff. So I was like, ah, I'll try the jujitsu part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <clears throat> yeah. Initially I just, loved the workout from it because it's mm. like so tough it's like nothing i've ever done before but then once you get past the initial let's say six eight weeks of learning the very fundamentals and you start putting stuff together mm. it's just, it's just the mental workout is even like better than the physical workout because yeah. you you're you forget about every other worry except for not getting strangled or yeah. not getting something pulled on or anything like that so that's, it's a great way to just clear your mind and just focus on one thing for the hour that you're in there. That's the, like, and I've mentioned it before, but that's what's fast was fascinating for me was I have never for, for the many years that the anxiety has been there, been able to remove it, you know? Um, but when you're rolling, there is no time or space to be anxious about anything. You literally just have to be, it's kind of in uh, your, you can't be even in fight or flight you're in fight mode and you're yeah. just trying to avoid something or you're trying to work on something you're trying to move into it the, the next part of your sequence and anxiety is not there anymore and it's brilliant and uh like you say short about that that mental uh drain when you come out of jiu-jitsu you're absolutely shattered but you feel great as well you're everything's gone uh, your head is empty your your body feels empty it's yeah it's, it's like it's different uh i think why uh say a gym workout because gym workout you come out and you're physically just mm. wrecked whereas when you come out of jiu-jitsu you're actually feeling loose and everything physically but you're just like you don't have the mental capacity to really worry about anything or get upset about anything or <laughs> you're just for a good hour anyways afterwards it's just it's bliss <laughs> yeah it is it, it, like anybody who is able you know uh, fit and able they should definitely give it a go um so one, we'll we'll kind of move on to I suppose a bit of that when it comes to uh, mental health or, or just positivity when it comes to photography. Um, do you find that it's uh, a beneficial to you photography uh, to your kind of your mindset and your and your positivity? A hundred percent, yeah. Except for when, especially when you're shooting gigs, if you are going through the whole process of uh, getting a press pass and shooting, it, you've only got three songs, so. Depending on the band, that could be 10, it could be 15 minutes. Mm. So for that 15 minutes, you have to be dialed in like, completely or else you're just not, you're going to walk away with substandard results. Mm. Well, and I think the biggest time I, or the first time I kind of really seen how like good it was for me mentally was after my mother passed away. She passed away at the end of or September 2019. And I think it was late October was the first gig I shot after it. And it was Rodrigo y Gabriela in Olympia. And the first night I just went on a press pass, got the 15 minutes in. And I just like for those 15 minutes, I didn't, I wasn't worrying about like, you know, the family at home and stuff. And just like all those tosses like, going through my mind for the last couple of months. It was just 15 minutes of focus like dialed in similar to jiu-jitsu like you can't be 
thinking about other stuff in the background or you're going to miss the show, you know. Um, it must be difficult when you're at, at, a, at a gig and you've got those, say, 15 minutes. Um, Rodrigo and Gabriela are, are virtuosos when it comes to uh, guitar playing. Um, how aware of, you, of the music are you when you're in that kind of mad 15-minute time frame? Um, you, don't, you don't really enjoy the music. <laughs> Yeah, because there's a couple of bands of shot that have done the 15 minutes and unless like well most of the time you you are allowed to stay around and watch the gig but like you just realize oh, i didn't take in any of that like yeah. and it could have played your like your favorite song or whatever or like something something could like cool could happen or something you might have missed it because you're focusing on another member of the band yeah well yeah you like, like that's why i enjoy but at the same time I don't enjoy when I get full access to a band because I'm working for the full night then so I'm missing the full gig right. okay. so like, I was, like, I've only done that really with bands and friends and mates with and like, I get to shoot a lot so I have got to see them mm. like when I'm not shooting as well but yeah um, you just like I said you're dialing those 15-20 minutes like, they just fly by and you're just like I don't know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> You're going through the phone and then going, oh, I don't remember any of that. It's funny. It's funny that that's the, the, the you draw like a line between that and, and jujitsu that kind of just the laser focus on something. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's a, so that's a positive thing for you then. Oh yeah. hundred yeah. percent. It's just, I like that. It's just a, a bit of time to get away from all the worrying or like, thoughts. Like just, it's, like I have a busy mind. I won't say I'm overly anxious or anything, but mm. a busy mind. There's always ideas coming in and out or stuff I need to do. So I just look forward to being able to shoot, even if it's even a portrait shoot, like you're focusing on lighting and stuff. So anytime shooting is, I know I'm going to go, ah, I needed that. Yeah. So when you actually, because you take some uh, photos, uh, portrait photos of your fiance as well. Uh, is that yeah, she's the, the model that's easiest to get a hold of? <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say, but is is that like um, does that give you room to experiment a bit then with lighting and things like that? Is it obviously it's a little bit more casual and comfortable, but yeah. you still want to get the best shots. But can you experiment a little bit? Yeah, hundred percent. If I have like an idea where I'm not fully confident in how to execute it, I'm usually trees will be there and. I, I take a while to persuade her, but I usually can get around to like being my model for about five ten minutes. That I can just try <laughs> something out. But yeah, I think it is good to have someone there because yeah, when like I said, when you have like loads of different ideas and what you want to try, it's like I'm one of those people who learn by doing. Like I can't watch a YouTube video and go, oh yeah, go do that, mm. or read something and go, oh I'll do that. I have to physically do it to get those kind of motions in my in my mind yeah and, and is she happy often happy with the results yeah even though she complains a lot while we're doing <laughs> she, like, every time it's like oh, i don't wanna i don't wanna you know i don't look pretty today or whatever and it's like when have i've whenever i shot you and not, you haven't been happy with at least one phone yeah yeah that's that, i think that's fair and she's very photogenic as well i haven't seen the photos too like you know obviously you, you know she is and and but you know, it takes two, especially with a good photographer, to kind of bring that out as well. Um, for the people who will be listening to this as photographers, what equipment do you use then? Uh, I'm a Nikon slash Nikon shooter, whichever way you prefer to say it. And 
Uh, oh yeah, it's just that was the brandy kind of. I, I I can't remember what photographers were looking at on YouTube videos when I was trying to decide what to buy, and they said just go into the camera shop and pick up a few different cameras, whatever feels good. Just mm. use that. I think they're they're all the same. Really? Yeah. He's like at, at this stage, like if especially if you're just taking like photos, unless you're shooting big commercial shoots and all yeah. that, you don't really need to worry about the megapixels and stuff like that. It's like What's easy to use, like menu ways that you can go through and stuff like that. What feels good in the hand? That way, when you're shooting, you're thinking less and shooting more. So, I um, used to work in the Sony Center here in Athlone, and uh, um, we we had a like a, a camera section, you know. And I'm very reassured now that you've said that because I used to say they're all the same too because I had no idea what any of them like. The megapixel, everybody goes in and says that. Like, what's the megapixel mm. on this? What's the megapixel? And that's the, like, this was back in the mid-2000s, maybe late 2000s. And that was the buzzword at the time, I think, you know, the megapixel. And uh, I like the idea that photographers who know what they're doing are saying, go in and feel, have a feel of it. And if it feels good for you, then go for it. Yeah, like, the, I'd say 90% of the photos on my Instagram feed would be from, uh, an icon D700, which is, I'd say it's pushing 12, 13 year old camera. Really? It's, it's only 12 megapixels and I've haven't found a problem with that. Like I've upgraded recently to a newer model, a C50, but I'd still pull that out if I wanted it because a certain look because it just, it, 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 they're all the same, but they have their different characteristics. Mm. Like, because the sensors do change and they deal with, Colors, light, and um, what would have been film grain back in the day is digital noise now. So when you push into higher ISOs, where you have to do uh, gigs just to make up for the lack of light, mm. each sensor is going to have like a different look to it. So that's why like, I think the, I pull out the D seven hundred for a couple of gigs. I'm like, uh, this is going to suit a bit more. It's a bit more of a gritty feel to it when you push like into the higher ISOs and. And that's kind of, I guess that comes with, obviously it comes with your experience working with that camera for however many years. And now you can go into the new camera and kind of see maybe a little bit of difference. But if someone's starting out, it doesn't necessarily have to be top, 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 top of the range kind of a thing. Oh God, no, you're better off. Because like, when it comes down to photography, the only equipment that really matters is the lens. Like That's going to dictate like, like how clear and sharp your images are and like focusing fast and stuff like that. Body-wise, just get what you can afford. Like you can always upgrade that. If you get a good lens, you can keep it for life. Um, I have I have written down here what other art forms you're interested in. And we obviously talked a bit about music. Mm. Is there any other kind of art that you're into? Um, well, I did art in school and yeah. I enjoyed, you know, kind of uh, painting more than like sketching or stuff like that. Yeah. But like then there was like the sculpture kind of side of things. Like anything it can really, I like doing little projects like that where like it's just it's time to just get used creative mind. Like I wouldn't be great at any of it now, but I'd enjoy like just making a few bits and pieces like that. But I haven't done that in years, so that's why photography is my main kind of outsource now. Yeah. Well, just look, everybody's only got so much time and you, you know, as you're, you know, working obviously as well, um, you pick the one that you're most interested in. Uh, when it comes to, you, obviously you grew up then with music when since you were quite young. Uh, was it like, you've mentioned names already, but was it rock bands that you kind of started out with? 
Yeah, like we wouldn't be an overly musically family playing wise, but there'd always be music in the house when I was growing up. Like yeah. my parents would have been more into Garth Brooks, that and that kind of side of thing, Bonnie Raitt and stuff like that. And then the first band I remember really getting into was Bon Jovi, that was playing my brother. He had, uh, I think it was the Crossroads album. And that was the first album that I kind of played a lot. From there, like, I was just like, I had just loved Richie Sambora, like, just the guitar sound and solos and stuff like that. And then obviously when you go into school, you get introduced to do a bit more like secondary school, got introduced to the likes of Nirvana and, you know, Lincoln Park, stuff like that. That was more kind of angsty kind of side of things. Mm-hmm. Foo Fighters, bands like that. And then I just gr- I gradually started, well, I started learning how to play guitar when I was 13. So that's why I started out with all those kind of bands. Like, they were the main songs you'd learn on guitar. Mm. Simple enough to play and stuff. And then I bought an acoustic guitar when I was 15 or 16, got more into like, the songwriter side of things. That's where I got more into Springsteen. He would have been a big influence then. Tom Petty, stuff like that. Yeah, it's kind of a similar route for me, to be fair. It's kind of that, kind of started out with uh, with a lot of kind of rock. Uh, and like you say, I think it's around 13 or 14 when I started playing guitar and you're playing, probably learn the same songs, you know, because they're straightforward enough, you know, for, for a beginner to be able to play. But yeah, I got like heavily into um, songwriting stuff, you know, proper uh, considered singer-songwriters, I guess, and, and then even kind of, going moving back into rock to get into i wasn't into pearl jam or Soundgarden until i was 25 or something i had already you know uh i'd already kind of thought i'd listen to all that stuff and then you go back but i suppose you everything changes you know and uh i think um music is something that for me uh has moved all my uh kind of art interests you know have have shaped, I should say, all all my other art interests and like moving into film and things like that. And photography as well. And like we talked about at the start, those famous photographs of, of rock stars and stuff that kind of stand the test of time. There's the there's the I, the other one I was thinking of actually was, you know, the Jim Morrison one where he's he's, he's I think he's topless but he's against a wall, kind of like he's on a crucifix or yeah. something. That was the other one that was kind of like it's kind of shocking, I suppose, in a way because of the the crucifix pose. But uh, yeah, some of those ones are just incredible to 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 look back on. And I'm such a big Beatles fan. I've got Beatles photo books and all, and I look back at them and kind of go, you know, um, some of them are are just unbelievable artifacts of of what happened, you know. And I think that's what's great about photography because that's all we have left of of you know uh you know we have the music but we the photos that's all we have left to look at and i think uh when they're taken well um i think they're just kind of stuff that we can stick on our wall and kind of admire for many years i think that's that's my that's my kind of limited take on it but it's a take nonetheless um but what what um what do you like to do then in your in your spare time if you have any spare time of course um mostly it's just uh figuring out what I want to do with photography. Like mm. I'm still exploring like different and um genres I want to go into and stuff like that. But I physically I try to work out as much as I can, but uh lately it's been kind of hit hit and miss just purely because there's no gyms open. Mm. I was doing some just kickboxing fitness in Danny and Allen's gym. So they started outdoor classes at the minute and the gym thank god is back open i think on the seven or eight mm. uh so yeah it's like 
like that. It's just the only interest I really have physically be like MMA. So I was like, obviously, I lean towards that when it comes to doing something physically. So, and then outside of that, um, I just, I like going for walks just purely, just a good time to get in podcasts and mm-hmm. audiobooks and yeah, I'd be alone time. <laughs> and and how's your, you mentioned you had a, a back problem. How's your back now? Is it okay? I was actually just recently went through probably my worst bout with in a long time. Uh, I think it was like the start of March. I injured at work and it's just this lower back and lumbar injury that I've had since it's in my twenties, I think I first injured that. So it's just a reoccurring injury and it'd be something that would really get me down when it does happen. Mm. Cause like it is just a debilitating thing. Yeah. Um, so like you could be, have everything going grand. Like you're working out, you're doing this and you're doing that. And then you get hit with this and you're just doing nothing, literally nothing for two weeks. Because I think I was on the floor for a week. <laughs> wow! Yeah, it's it's the, the worst thing is uh, when you're in that kind of rhythm, particularly with uh, with exercise and you know whether it's jujitsu, whatever it might be, kickboxing, and when that does go, and that that always is kind of a worry in the back of my mind that if it, I know if I have to be taken out of running or jujitsu, that I know it would affect me mentally, and that's my kind of worry all the time. Now, look, I'm not obviously in train and worry about getting injured. But every so often I think, oh, this things are flying now. This is my natural pessimism, I guess. But <laughs> like things is flying now. What if? And it's always like you're creating your own difficulties. But when you do have an injury like you have, that's when it becomes more than, you know, what if that's it's, it's there and you kind of have to. Uh, it's so hard to find the positives in it, you know? Yeah, like it's just it's an absolute drain on me kind of mentally more than physically because physically I've, it's ha- I've gone through it that many times you know exactly what to do you know you rest this amount walk this amount mm-hmm. you know I tend to try and stay away from a lot of painkillers and medication because it just I, I just sit with me that well like just my stomach would be in bits and stuff like that but like it does like that's why I'd love to get back to jiu-jitsu at some stage but uh, I just can't do it till I physically feel that I can withstand like the the needs of the training, like because mm-hmm. like that you say, like you don't even think about it when you're rolling, and that's the problem. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I'd be rolling and thinking I'm great, and I don't feel anything the next day. I'm just like, no, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, it's adrenaline as well, isn't it? It's like it gets you through yeah. to the end, and then it's like, what's that going on with my back or whatever, whatever part of your body is injured? Um, what are you most looking forward to now that things are opening up? Um, just the kind of freedom to kind of plan more than anything because I, I won't be a big planner because I usually don't like plans. I like to go off the cuff a bit. But yeah, so just having like being able to kind of outline more work to do and stuff and not having to pull out from underneath your feet, mm. you know, hopefully anyway. But yeah, just honestly looking forward to getting back to doing some live music gigs because even not shooting live music, live music is something that I do need because I'm missing something shocking. Mm. Uh, just mentally, just, and even physically, like it's just a good way to relax without, like I wouldn't need that. I wouldn't drink that much at gigs and stuff purely because I don't want to miss anything. I just want to enjoy it. Yeah. So like physically, it's a nice way to relax as well, depending on the gig, of course. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's just mentally, it's, it's, I suppose I, I look at it like, Everyone has their altar or their church to go to to get their fix of this kind of 
relief mentally or like a higher power kind of just for consciousness. Yeah. And I think it can't be a good live gig for me. Like that I just feel like that energy and buzz just, it's ridiculous. Like what I can do to you. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really interesting how the conversation has been around holidays, you know, people want, and rightly so, like people want to get, get out of the country and go visit somewhere they love going. But when I hear people in training over the last two or three weeks talking about, you know, the festivals, there's like talk of maybe 5,000 in August, whatever it is, I probably have that wrong, but you know what I mean? Like the, the increase of the, of the people and people are like really starting to get buzzed about it. And I can understand that totally. I know how, how a gig can be, uh, unlike anything else if it's a good if it's your favorite band and it's a good gig it can be really like you can be taken you know you can be taken away somewhere else and you come out of it and kind of go on bloody hell and it keeps you going for a week or two you have these kind of memories and stuff so yeah i, I can get why people would be uh you know wanting the gigs to come back wanting the holidays to come back and they will be and it, it's really exciting but um sure i mentioned this already but uh if you wouldn't mind uh telling us where we can where people can find you yeah, it's um, Stuart Hayes Photography on Instagram. I think it's Stuart Hayes Photo on Facebook. And I don't really use Twitter, but it's, it's up there as well. Yeah. And com as well. Uh, that's brilliant. Uh, we'll put that up um, during the week when we put the episode out. Uh, Stuart, it's been uh, a genuine pleasure chatting to you today. Thank you very much. No worries, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me on. No, no problem. I'm sorry I took you out the nicest day of the year so far. But uh, no, I, I, I don't feel as bad that you said that, the, that you're not like mad into the, you're like, you know, not out in the sun lying yeah, down. That's not your When thing. it gets to about five or six this evening, maybe after that, like that's when I go and enjoy you. Yeah. Hopefully around. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing. Listen, sure, hang on with me for just a minute. I, I want to get a photo at the end. I'll just finish out the episode and we'll we'll get that done. Like I said, um, don't forget it this week. Thank you very much to John for his edit during the week um, and for putting it up the night before, which surprised me because it's I'm normally hounding him. Um, I know, that's very unfair. Um, thank you very much for my mom, my dad, and my granddad, to Jer and to Calvin. Uh, we are on YouTube, but like I said before, subscribe. If you haven't, uh, Facebook is the Weekly Weekly. Instagram is, I think it's very annoyingly, the week, the Weekly Weekly. I can't even say it anymore. Um, we are on Twitter. We're on Twitter for now, and actually, Stuart actually just mentioned there, but he's not really on it that much. It's I don't know, I think, don't know why I'm on it. To be honest, it's just an extra hassle for me to post stuff, and I don't really get anything good out of it. I don't really converse with people like I do on the others. I suppose that's what it is. Um, Spotify, Apple, Anchor, Google Podcasts, uh, we're on that, and uh, obviously, we'll say to everyone, thank you for listening. Um, this week and all the weeks you do I really appreciate it uh, Stuart thank you very much for joining us today no worries it's an absolute pleasure thank you and we're off uh, we'll chat to you next week everyone take care bye <laughs>